This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create positive change in the world every day by being a conscious consumer. I'm your host, Laura Alexander Wittig, founder of Brightly.eco, and I started this podcast a few years ago because I wanted a place to talk about the gray areas around sustainability and how being a conscious consumer can be challenging and confusing, but it's totally doable. So join me in the name of reducing waste and living positively in the name of the planet. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Good Together listeners, I hope you're doing well. Uh, I am coming to you with a new series in mind. So as you know, I am now the only host of this podcast, been doing that for quite a while, a few years now. Um, and we figured while we have some amazing guests that come on to the podcast, we figured how about once a month, I will kind of highlight a few different news stories that I'm seeing in the sustainability realm um, and just chat about them with you because... I don't know about you, but if you are not trying to seek out news about a specific subject, I find it very hard to do so, unless it's something related to, I don't know, like bad news, like uh, political uprising or uh, I just all the stuff like, I guess what I'm trying to say is the news that is fed to me is not really the news that I want to read. And I think it's, you know, something that seems to be felt by a lot of us. So if you're trying to find, you know, more information about different sustainability wins or just like things happening in the ecosystem, um, I'm going to try and highlight some. I can't promise that I'm going <laughs> to find everything amazing, but this one um, I came up with um, earlier this afternoon. So let's let's chat about it and see, you know, see if, if some of these topics interest you. But as always, don't forget to leave me feedback in the various forums. Um, and I also, of course, will link to the articles that I'm talking about in the show notes. Uh, so I'm not gonna theme these either. First I thought, well, yeah, maybe we'd, you know, January, we'd talk about stuff related to like, you know, specific things going on at the beginning of the year, etc. But you know what, who cares? Like, let's just go into things that are, I find kind of interesting. Um, Okay, so first off, and actually, we b before we get into it, when we think about sustainability, right, the whole point of this podcast is, is to talk about conscious consumerism. So when I chat about these different topics, remember, that's the lens that I'm taking, right? I'm taking the lens of, okay, we are all consumers. 
how do we consume better? How do we consume more thoughtfully? And how does this color um, the mind, the mindset that we go into when we think about quote unquote sustainability? Okay, so getting into it, one of the first things I ran across as I was doing some research for this episode was there was um, just a, actually a few days ago, I'm recording this end of January, a few days ago, um, a big, like, I feel like there's like a lot of uh, unseen forces at play around the world, as we all know, but there's like a lot of kind of secretive, like, I don't, I'm not going to say shadow because I'm not a conspiracy theorist, like secretive bodies of regulation uh, that are like international that can absolutely affect things like the stock market, you know, larger business, uh, you know, currents, etc. We just don't know about them as consumers. So this one I thought was particularly interesting. There is a um, global sustainable watchdog, sorry, global sustainability watchdog called the Global Sustainable Investment Alliance. Um, and they are actually, it's actually a group of accountants of all things, accountants and people who are, you know, obviously very business minded. Um, and they're, you know, thinking about, okay, we are looking at this uh, problem of sustainability from a business angle, and they're actually pretty influential. And they have actually proposed a new ethics code to combat greenwashing. So this ethics code is going to hold businesses accountable for their sustainability claims and promote transparency and reporting. And the reason why this matters is because businesses go out and do, they mean they're required to by law, a lot of these large corporations are required to report out certain things to shareholders. Um, and what this, uh, you know, ethics code is going to be, you know, requiring is that there's going to be really specific metrics, really specific um, goals in place for people to be able to say like, oh, well, we're, we're more green, or we've done this initiative, it's better for the world. They're actually coming together and saying, no, we're sick of greenwashing, we're sick of like, you know, some C-suite person coming up with a bunch of metrics and then sending it over to the communications department to put a spin on it from a greenwashing perspective. Um, and I think, you know, in addition to just like the broader impact that this is going to have, as long as businesses adopt this, right? Like we can't be so naive to think every business is going to do this, but this group actually is very influential and is um, uh, composed of, you know, decision makers at some of the biggest corporations around the world. So I'm hopeful that this will catch on. Um, but again, like thinking about the overall impact that this could have, I think is huge because what we don't realize oftentimes is when news articles get written about certain sustainability initiatives, and actually we're going to talk about one at next because I wanted to give you an example. Uh, oftentimes, these uh, articles are based on press releases from corporate communications departments. So, um, you know, requiring that brands, when they come out and say, look, this is what we've done X, Y, and Z in, in the greater good, requiring that they have some sort of like hard and fast data behind those, uh, you know, claims is really good. Um, and there, a new report just came out actually and said that 40% of consumers globally have encountered misleading environmental claims. And I mean, I, I that's, you know, good old uh, reports. I would say 100% of us have encountered greenwashing or, or misleading environmental claims. But I guess um, 
this this poll was specifically asking people if they were aware of it. So I guess that's the difference. Like, of course, we've all been victims of greenwashing. But the scary thing is how few of us actually realize that that's it's going on. Um, so it is really, crit uh, you know, crucial that we as consumers continue to put on our critical thinking hat as we think about sustainability claims and that we support companies that are going above and beyond that are saying, hey, I'm part of this global sustainable investment alliance. I'm going to go do this uh, criteria when I'm, um, you know, putting out reports or press releases. So I think that's really important. Okay, so they this is, a, again, this big, big corp, uh, group trying to push for change. Um, the next article I thought was interesting that I came across today was Kroger. So the reason why I want to bring this up is because I just talked about big corporations doing, uh, you know, good things for the world, but oftentimes not so good things for the world. And the, the specter of greenwashing really exists. Kroger is huge. Um, and if you're based in the US, uh, it's a massive, massive grocery chain. And they also own a variety of brands. So I grew up going to Kroger itself um, in the South, but when I moved to Seattle, there's a big chain here called Fred Meyer, which I don't know the history of Fred Meyer, I don't know why it's called that, but they are owned by Kroger now. I didn't even know that until I went to the aisle and I saw some um, like Kroger branded um, like generic items. And so anyway, the, this article that, that got written, um, of course, it's based on a press release, <laughs> um, but Kroger is going to prioritize pollinator health in its supply chain. Um, and they want to do that because they, they would like to address declining bee populations. And so that I think is interesting because, you know, from a consumer perspective, we've heard all of these grocery store chains and actually we'll link to um, the grocery store chain ranking that we did a few years ago. Like we've heard about all of them talk about the, the problem of sustainability from a very like packaging intensive perspective, like, uh, you know, recite, trying to have less plastics or encouraging customers to bring their own bags. And you know, all of this, like, I feel like that's where grocery stores love to go. They love to go to either packaging or talking about like quote unquote organic produce and organic things, um, which are two very important things, but they're also not the whole picture. So the fact that Kroger is coming forward and saying, look, um, we are going to prioritize sourcing from farms that use pollinator friendly practices and we're going to partner with our suppliers to promote diversity is important um and they're you know they don't go into, into a ton of specifics on this um because again it's like a new initiative that they're they're rolling out but when we think about what i talked about previously from a greenwashing perspective if we start, start to hold um corporations accountable when they come out and say things like this like they're saying, okay, we're gonna partner with, with farms to, uh, you know, be better for pollinators. That's great. Like that's an amazing thing. We also should say, like, well, what are the specific? Excuse me. What are the specifics? What are the things uh, that they're actually gonna do versus just the lip service that we're getting? So this is me saying, like, awesome Kroger. Thank you for doing this, and thank you for like taking uh, maybe like a less obvious bend on sustainability for your uh, customers. However, I want to hear more specifics. Um, so we'll link to more information about this in the show notes. But this was just like an example for you that I'm thinking about like, well, how can we start to push a little bit more? Um, however, again, it is important to support companies that do uh, prioritize these uh, environmental stewardship type practices. Um, and you know, the funny thing is when I think about 
uh, grocery stores that everybody loves, Kroger is not the top of the list, right? What What is the top of the list for you? I think I think of Trader Joe's and I th think of Aldi. Um, and Aldi was actually our top grocery pick a few years ago. They have a bunch of different initiatives that are uh, friendly to conscious consumers. But the thing that I was gonna mention was Trader Joe's. I love Trader Joe's, but man, I cannot get over the amount of plastic in that place. Like even when you go into the produce section, everything, like not everything, a lot of stuff is in like plastic. Like even where, you know, like normally they grocery stores have those uh, displays where they got all the oranges out and stuff. Like I think Trader Joe's just has everything in plastic. Um, and so that's always been my beef with, with Trader Joe's. I love their food and I think it's very inventive and cool, but come on, you guys gotta, gotta get rid of that plastic. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. another interesting article in the I guess like consumerism piece of, of sustainability the conscious consumerism piece is the world's largest cruise ship has set sail for Miami and that is on its face like not news in the sustainability realm it's kind of news in the opposite direction uh, so this new cruise ship uh, has capacity for over 7,500 passengers and various entertainment um, amenities. And that's crazy to me. And I think that when we, rather than being so excited about having such a massive, um, <laughs> a massive thing taking place, like we need to also talk a little bit about what is the environmental impact of this? And actually when I looked this up, um, I thought it was uh, very interesting to know that like the key points of a lot of these articles, they do this now, where if you don't feel like reading the whole article, there's key points, which I mean, take it or leave it. Most of the time when I saw different outlets covering this, they were mentioning the uh, environmental concerns. And you know, there's like a quote in here, it's called like the biggest, baddest ship on the planet, which I can't, I'm trying to figure out like where the attribution was. Uh, Oh, the CEO, <laughs> I just saw my notes. The CEO of Royal Caribbean called this the biggest, baddest ship on the planet. To me, that seems negative, but um, you know, they, they did try and do a few things a little bit more eco-friendly. Um, it is built to run on liquefied natural gas, which does burn a little cleaner than more conventional marine fuels, but still has high levels of methane. And you can imagine, uh, I mean, Methane is 80 times more potent than carbon dioxide when it comes to greenhouse gas emissions. So that's not great. Like we don't need to be running ships on uh, fuel that like emits that much methane. I, I That's absurd. And I think, um, you know, this is just not something that's that's good. Um, and as, as a matter of fact, they have a scientist actually in the uh, CNBC article that we'll link to. There's a scientist... Um, who, uh, his name's Brian Comer. He is the director of the Marine Program at the International Council on Clean Transportation. He's saying 
that this new sort of fuel source, source that they're gonna use is actually emitting over 120% more uh, life cycle greenhouse gases than even that traditional marine oil. So like what, like I, I, again, why they made that decision, I'm not sure, but it is um, not, like that's just not a great thing. Um, of course, the response from Royal Caribbean was, oh, well we, uh, we scrutinize every kilowatt of energy used uh, for energy efficiencies and emission reductions. And I mean, eh. um, I personally myself have never been a big cruise ship person. I've, I've never been on a cruise. There's nothing a matter with going on cruises. Um, but well, there's nothing the matter. Of course, there's things that matter with cruises. There's things that matter with most of the things that we do in our lives from a sustainability perspective. So I'm not trying to vilify cruises, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, I do think we absolutely need to be pushing these large scale cruise corporations like greenwashing. Again, they're over here saying, well, this, this burns cleaner. Then we have the scientists over here saying, no, that's actually not the full story. So again, the more that we can like read these articles, sit with the information and then look to sources that are actually doing more in-depth reporting and like getting perspectives from scientists is key. Um, and that's, you know, why I wanted to call out this article as well as we kind of think about the theme of greenwashing. Um, the last article I found was interesting. And actually this was one of the most, when I went out to kind of research this, this is one of the most um, rewritten or I mean like reblog, that sounds really old, like rewritten pieces over and over again, um, was talking about the amazing benefits that could come from adopting more sustainable diets. Uh, and The Verge, we'll link to The Verge's take on this. I, I like The Verge. They're typically pretty um, fact-based in their reporting, which by the way, there's massive layoffs that continue across the media uh, space if you can try and support publications that you believe in, even if it's just a few bucks a month, uh, we really do need like actual reporters out here fact-checking things and, and getting to the bottom of, of these really important issues. So sidebar, side tangent. Uh, so, so The Verge, uh, their take on this report that came out is that there's actually 10 trillion, T with a T, uh, uh, dollars of benefits that can actually come if we overhaul our food system. And what do we think is the main perspective here? I mean, to me, it's waste. Um, and there's a quote in, in this article that says, our food systems are destroying more value than they create. And I think that is extremely true. We have so much, uh, is the matter with the way that we, you know, do uh, the way that we conduct ourselves from a modern agriculture standpoint. We have deforestation. We have uh, the usage of, um, animals and, and and crops in a way that is not responsible is not sustainable to the environment and you know there are so many things that flow downstream from this I would say like general just mishandling that we've done um you know I think there's a bunch of, in addition to one thing I liked about this article is as, the, as they were kind of discussing the benefits a huge benefit that comes from it is health. And that's something we don't actually, I think, talk enough about on this podcast, which is the direct impact that living sustainably, more sustainably, can have on your health. And there are so many health problems that stem from lack of access 
to healthy, sustainably produced food. We think about diabetes, hypertension, cancer, etc. A lot of this is born by, uh, you know, a lot of these illnesses are born by people that are, um, you know, using diets that are full of processed products and sh high in sugar, salts, and fats, etc. So if in general we can improve the efficiency of our food systems, get more of this uh, healthy food into communities that don't typically have access to it, like people are going to live longer, they're going to be healthier, and we're going to save a ton of money from a healthcare perspective. Of course, there's so many <laughs> nuances there. People would have to tweak their diets. They have to get off of Zempic. No, I'm just kidding. I hate it when people say that. Like, that's a total, total lifestyle choice if people want to do that. Um, but, you know, I do think that, you know, one of the uh, solutions that this article puts forward that I thought was really good is, like, the government, we talk a lot about this, the government needs to step in here. The government across the world, like, the, um, when I say, quote, unquote, the government, I recognize there's multiple governments. I was just talking about the, the theoretical one. Um, like, when we think about the big power the governments have, it it's, it's all money and it's all tax related. And especially in the United States, speaking from someone that lives here, and that's mostly what my expertise is in, we provide so many subsidies to farmers, to corporations, to, um, you know, small media businesses based on things that the government deems to be good. So if the government was to come and say, look, we are going to start to shift some of those subsidies away from corn, right? Like there's so many subsidies and, and tax benefits, et cetera, to growing corn, putting corn in everything. That's why we have high fructose corn syrup. But maybe we start to like take some of those away and shift them towards programs that are going to, you know, do what we talked about earlier, get healthier, more sustainable food to communities that need it the most. Like if we started to do that, or we even said, hey, we're gonna give you um, a big tax break if you implement a methane capture system on your farm related to all of your cow farts. We all know about this, but it's like, it's, it's actually a big deal. Like there are solutions in place. So if the government starts to say, we care about this, but not only do we care about it from a lip service perspective, we're gonna start to shift, shift tax subsidies that is going to be huge. Um, and, you know, I mean, in general, I would love for, love to like look back at the history of our supply chains related to agriculture and conscious consumption and say like, oh, you know, consumers are having an impact. We are having an impact when it comes to demanding more organic foods, demanding like quote unquote healthier foods. But there was a huge rise of, uh, Meat, global meat consumption between 1992 and 2016 rose 500%. Um, and The Verge points this out, but like livestock have the biggest impact on climate when it comes to food production. So there's a lot of reasons behind all of that, but ultimately if we can get, make things easier for people to, I'm sorry, make, um, make it easier for people to shift towards more plant focused diets. They don't like, my family and I, we still eat meat, but we have, you know, set it aside a day or two a week. Like if we can make that choice, uh, make that choice easier for families to take, regardless of income, regardless of where you're living, that's going to be a huge, huge deal. Um, and so I really invite you, we'll, we'll include a link to a few of these uh, takes because 
a few different publications have, I think, various takes on like this quote unquote $10 trillion benefit to you know making our uh, food supply chain system more sustainable. But I think it's worth thinking about um, and thinking about your potential impact um, that you can have when you make a meatless Monday meal or you decide to, um, you know, try your hand at growing food, growing your own vegetables, like thinking about how you yourself can have a positive impact on this supply chain is, is interesting. Fully knowing that like, you and I are not going to necessarily be the ones to change a massive supply chain, like that has to come from, you know, larger actors, but we can also reduce our reliance on these supply chains. And that does have an impact on their bottom line. So that's why we talk about this stuff here on Good Together. We understand that the problem at hand in terms of being kinder to the planet um, and sort of returning to a lifestyle that is less harmful um, to our earth, like that is a huge problem and it can seem super overwhelming. So the reason why we try and talk about these things in very bite-sized, some might say overly simplified uh, ways is because I don't want you to get overwhelmed and I want you to feel like when we talk about this stuff, here's a few different ways that we can, we can, you know, kind of shift the narrative and, and feel more empowered by this information versus doom and gloom. Because I'm sure your newsfeed is like mine where it's all doom and gloom all the time. Um, and I say overly simplified because that's, I, we got a review on that the other day. Somebody said, oh, you know, Laura doesn't talk about stuff in detail. And I, I realize that sometimes we don't like, for instance, with this episode, like I wanted to talk about a variety of articles. So I can't get into the ins and outs of every single topic. But just know that we do have episodes where we do deep dives. We've been doing this podcast for three years now. So we have lots of deep dives. Um, and we also have links to lots of deep dives in our show notes and on brightly.eco. So by all means, please don't think that I am where the buck stops when it comes to information. I just trying to expose you to some um, and I hope you like this new format. So let me know um, if you have nominations for articles you want me to talk about next month, shoot us an email. Um, it's hello at brightly.eco. Um, I will, I check that email inbox. I'll get it myself um, and would love to hear your take. All right. Hope you're doing well. Get together listeners and I'll see you next time. joining us on another episode of Good Together. To get show notes and more, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. Finally, don't forget to join in on the conversation with us on social media. You'll find us on almost everything at brightly.eco. Don't forget, we're all on this journey together. So have fun putting the planet first and stay curious.